Welcome to The Truth In This Art. I am your host, Rob Lee, and today I have the privilege of speaking to the managing director of the Baltimore Improv Group, which is based in Station North. Please welcome Michelle Faulkner Forson. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so very much, and I'm very excited to chat with you. Oh, this is this is going to be fantastic. This is going to be fantastic. So, um, I like to start off with I, you know, give a sparse intro. So I want to have um, you, uh, if you could, introduce yourself and tell me about your creative interest and really tell tell us what improv is because there's a lot of different things that float around and people think oh it's this but it's not that. So so give us those illuminations, please. Awesome. Um, so as Rob said, my name is Michelle Faulkner Forsen. Um, I am uh, originally from Chicago and got here by way of uh, Maryland Institute College of Art. Nice. I'm uh, one of those community art kids. You'll hear about us. There's a lot of us um, that come through that program and do some great work in, in the city of Baltimore. So I'm a, I'm a part of that crew. Um, shout out to community arts program people, MF, uh, MACA. MFACA, all of that. <laughs> so shout out to them. Um, but I found uh, the Baltimore Improv Group, uh, I want to say a little after I completed the program and kind of made Baltimore uh, uh, my new home. Uh, and what I will tell you what I learned, the basics of improv mm -hmm. is just about listening and which I feel like that's just like foundations of love. And I, I, I try to get sappy about it, but um, it, it, it's very sappy and, and love and community related to me. So um, which makes sense why I ended up like, drifting in that direction because a lot of the fundamental skills that you practice and learn is just about like listening and um, building things together and being humble and but um and just making basic connection with people and and it's intentional so yeah. I think those are just some really beautiful fundamentals that you are practicing while learning how to do improv yeah and I, th I think it's some of those skills that you, you kind of take for granted that you're like, oh, I know how to do that. But really, you you don't because it's not mastery. You know what I mean? Exactly. And I, I think we take listening for granted because we're what is the thing? We're, we're looking for the next thing that we're going to say. So we're not exactly. actively. We're looking for a keyword here or there. Yeah. And say, yeah, yeah, I was listening. Yeah. Um, actually, I feel like, honestly, because I, I've had many uh, jobs in my life. Mm -hmm. And uh, just from my experience, I feel like people don't listen. <laughs> they don't listen. They don't read. So um, just somebody that has worked in uh, customer service in, at some point in my life, I knew that or I found that out pretty early on in my life. Mm -hmm. So I feel like a lot of the times what I'm constantly doing is trying to make sure that I'm understood clearly. Yeah. Um, and and finding different ways to communicate. That's just I think that it just overall that's been my journey as a visual artist because I started off in uh, visual arts first. And um, just in general, I'm trying to be clear and understood <laughs> and heard. <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, one of the things that's embedded in me and, and one of the questions that I used to throw out there and on occasion I still throw it out there to people of, 
you know, what's your uniqueness, what's your weirdness, and how do you embrace it? It's that that's one of the things that I encounter. Like I'm I'm interested in some, some things, or I, I look at things from an interesting perspective and or or non-traditional perspective. And mm-hmm. sometimes I thrive and I struggle with, am I being heard? Are people getting me? And mm-hmm. I try to do my most to communicate where I'm coming from out of that desire not to be misunderstood or right. As we've 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 been been more um, aware of recently or last few years, I don't want to present disinformation or misinformation. Right, right. So, um, tell me about like some of the meanings because you, you touched on being a visual artist as well. So, tell me about some of the meanings and messages that your work represent represents, whether it's in being directly an artist, whether it is in your kind of role in supporting and in providing like foundation and structure around the arts, especially being in, you know, Station North. Tell me about some of those hidden meanings and messages that are within your work. Oh, man. Um, so I am not one of those people <laughs> that is, I'm not making art for art's sake. I'm never, I'm never doing that. I am always trying to give a different perspective and um, just what I'm experiencing. Um, I feel like a lot of it for me personally is trying to maybe even regain power in situations that I have none or feel like I have none because, mm-hmm. you know, power is a tricky conversation. So, um, and when you don't feel like you have power in situations, it's not a game you tr- you're going to win. So I'm like, how do I continue to play whatever this game is and not feel like a dummy, but mm-hmm. I'm still like part- being able to participate. I, it's, it's something very specific that I'm thinking about. That's why I'm, I'm talking about it in this way, but yeah. um, just, I have, I have children. So just my, my black children going through school, and being involved in the public school system and, and um, being able to function mm-hmm. uh, as a parent and, you know, regain power in situations. It's, it's, it's complicated, yeah. but um, trying to be productive in my expression of my frustration <laughs> is also <laughs> a big deal for me. <laughs> like, is this productive? I have to ask myself that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um. So it won't just be like this, just my pure rage or anger. <laughs> like I want to, I want to be heard too. And that's like I was saying, I want to be heard and understood all the time if possible. But I know there's a way that some people can hear things and some people can't. So yeah, it's, it's a, a difficult role that I put myself in, but um, I accept the challenge. And I, I get that. And I, cause we, as you we were talking beforehand, there, there's some overlap and some similarities with us. And one of these next, one of these little later questions will definitely bring that home as well. Mm-hmm. Um, this, this podcast kind of grew out of this notion of, should I just be angry and say a bunch of four letter words about <laughs> Trump or should I try to do something to disprove it? Yeah, I'd man. rather do the, the judo move of, Oh, you're going to say all of this. Well, every time you say it, we're just going to show you that you're wrong. And, exactly. and other people that have that philosophy. Um, and you know, it, it's a lot of things to combat and, you know, it's like, is this productive? How is this serving me? Mm-hmm. And really does this benefit? You know, it's not, it's not fake. It's not, when people will ask me, like, are you trying to just do something positive? I was like, no, I'm trying to do something real. Yeah. 
And, yeah. and that's and that's really what it is because I, I say let's normalize Baltimore. Let's normalize these different places due to the you know what's what's in the community. Let's talk about really what's in the community and. Yeah. I feel like that's not discussed enough outside of those things that are negative and those mm-hmm. negative things are, or those things that aren't ideal, those things that are real, they're baked into what someone does. So let's say you have mm-hmm. a comedian mm-hmm. there, they may have a bit that's like, yo, I was over there on like North Avenue and this happened. It's like, oh yeah, that's really Baltimore. That's, that's, exactly. that's, that's baked exactly. in. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, and even even a visual artist, it's like, you know, they may take from some experience that may be something that is a real thing. It may be a, a death in one's family or what have you, but then talking about the resilience and the joy and so on that comes mm-hmm. from surviving and remembering this person exactly. and so on. Yeah. All of those things are there, but generally people only were talking about this one thing and for the most part still only talk about this this one thing. Yes. So yes. For me, it's just like being from here and being a supporter of here, and mm-hmm. and I and I want to get your take on this. Actually, being you know from Chicago, I, I've said this in the past um, that the powers that be they were politicizing what was happening to essentially black communities, and I was yeah. like, Baltimore became Chicago from a few years ago, or what have you, uh-huh. and, and I was like, huh. I was like, oh, you guys are just talking about this many, this many murders and things. Yeah, like, right. <laughs> I was like, isn't this like a public health issue? Shouldn't we be doing something? Yeah. Oh, let's just leave it. You know. Yeah, yeah. Let's just talk, report the news of the murders, but let's not find any uh, viable solutions to kind of, you know, work on the issues that are causing these things to happen in the first place. Not the root. We gonna put a little band aid <laughs> on it. And as put a, that little band aid. As a critical thinker like I am, or a creative thinker as well, yeah. you're like, let's get to the granularity of it now. Nah. Because yes. yeah. I'm like, there's no gun manufacturers named Jackson and Johnson. There's nope. like Heckler and nope. Koch and yeah. you know, Smith yeah. and Weston. So I was like, yeah. black people ain't making guns, my guy. Exactly. How are you getting in there? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. As, as, a, as a creative thinker, I want to talk about this a little bit. Um, what traits make improv cre- make improv attractive to you, and what are those traits that one needs to flourish in improv? And I think you touched on one of them earlier about listening. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so, um, I would say there's a, a few things. The one of the first things that pop up besides the listening part is being humble. Like. There is nothing that I I'm currently doing that is just solely about my interest. It's like how to move the like collective needle forward for not just myself, but whoever else needs the space that I needed when I came to big, for example. Um, And just trying to make it a situation where, um, yeah, it's just not about just you. And I think in improv, it, it ain't just about one person. It's a collective thought and we're all working together to build this this scene or this space or this environment that people can dive into. And even though we don't have props or things like that, people can see, visually see what's going on and what you're interacting with. So, um, okay, listening, um, being humble, <laughs> and knowing it's not just about you. And hmm, there was another one I had. Rule of threes, right? <laughs> yeah. It's another one. It's definitely another one. Um, 
I think yes, last, no, sorry. No, 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 go for it. I was, gonna, I was just going to say like, um, the listening part is so, so, so important. So important. Taking think, a breath too. I think Taking one of the, breath. I think one of the things that really drew me to big is, you know, not for nothing. I mean, that's my, the home away from home for me. Yeah. And, um, and, and just being around it, it's like, that's a skill that I think I have a version of it, but I, I don't have it in the way that it's, it is generally presented like one of the, the, the podcast I did, like the, this podcast has questions and so on. So I've have some like, uh, some type of, uh, uh, guardrails around me. Right. But right. this other podcast that I did, that was a, a comedy and news podcast. Literally we have like maybe a story and then mm-hmm. we're just riffing off of it. Right. And it's right. like, how many funny things or how many interesting things or how many observations can we make off of this one story? Right. And that's where I, I, I think like it enables you to be flexible. You're able to think. It's like, you know, when you say someone, yeah, they're yes. quick. They're quick. Yes. I, I definitely think that. But a lot of things that come before that riffing part mm-hmm. is like having the confidence mm. to be able to speak your truth and bring yourself to that to that table that everybody can have the opportunity to be a part of. So if there's a situation that we're throwing out there, being able to to say what I have to say is valuable and to say that thing and it being heard by your teammates and validated and pulled along in that scene. So that's the other thing. Um, being confident in what you're saying. And a lot of us, it's hard. It's hard. It's a process. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, I, I, I mean, like my story in connecting with Big uh, goes back years. Um, and I had a, had a peer who was in, um, de- he was in recruitment um, and fundraising rather, but uh, mm-hmm. like, so he was a gift officer and he was in big and one of my good friends was in a troop in big as well. And it was like, yeah, you should come through, check it out. And I was like, Oh, this is, this is great. This is where magic is happening. this is where, <laughs> you know, people are developing, you know, like conversations and working together. And we're, we're seeing maybe future writers. We're seeing maybe future people in performing arts and like yeah. in theater and stage. And I'm just happy that, you know, it was a very inviting community and just seeing, you know, that community really kind of grow and transition and, you know, just people just come through. And yeah. I'm I'm happy to have been a part of the extended big family and the podcast yeah. wing of things over the last yeah. few years. And and that's and that's been great. Um so I I got this one. This this one I think is a good question. <laughs> uh so so big is in the city. It's in it's in Station North, the Station mm-hmm. North um and um arts and entertainment district. Mm-hmm. Uh and, and, and there's culture there. There's various things. Each block has something different to offer. Right. Um and but I think it's not always discussed. You kind of just know it's there, you kind of can see it. Yes. Yeah. So from your vantage point, mm-hmm. what are some things that define a culture? And why must culture be at the heart of the uh, of the healthy development of a community? Oh, man. Um, So when I think of culture, I think of community. And if a community isn't a part of creating a space that that space is in, like if there's a there's a space in a community, Mm -hmm. a physical community and the actual people from that community 
is not involved in that space, I honestly feel like it's it's an awful move um, because they should be the ones activating that space. Um, they should be a part of whatever that is um, because I, I've come because I've done a lot of arts um, administration at this point in my in my career mm-hmm. that I've seen a lot of programs that are just thrown at a community like here, this is what you need. <laughs> and, and it's typically rejected. And, you know, because the powers that be are able to check off their boxes, it's not, it's not a, it's not a bad look necessarily. They did the thing that they wrote the grant for. So it's okay. But for something to be sustainable, the community and their culture that comes along with that community has to be involved. So I think it's it's just how programs and uh, programs and spaces should be activated is by the community, and that could look a bunch of different ways. It's not necessarily you know you got to be born and raised from there. If you respect the people mm-hmm. in, in that space in that area then I don't think personally you will have an issue with, with anybody. If you know who you are and who, what you come along with your, your own personal baggage, I feel like you will not have any issues with anybody. It's big. So I think it's super important to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, and I, I think like, you know, we're in this transitional stage in, in Baltimore where, you know, it takes years, right? It takes time for yeah. people to start acknowledging and seeing things, and and it it's almost like this reset. So, yeah, I I, th- I think that uh, like maybe 2015, 2016, mm-hmm. that's when that shift started to happen of people paying some attention with it, and then there was newfound attention with those Trump comments, and then we kind of had like COVID for the for you know two two and a half years or what have you to really kind of stem that and people are coming back out but with mm-hmm. it you know the people who want to rebrand and shift things are working behind the scenes and they yeah. d- never really stopped so yeah y- you see buildings being built up and like the landscape of things that were very this is what baltimore looks like for better or worse kind of kind of shifting and then th- these philosophies in it there's a shift in culture and right. i think it's a responsibility um, of of people who are really about protecting culture, yeah. Um, to to really say no, I don't know if that's it, or right. you know, documenting things like as it as it is. And I would imagine mm-hmm. like going back and looking at like or listening to episodes that I've done back in like 2019. Yeah. There are people that aren't here anymore that have moved mm-hmm. on to a, to a different thing and. You know, and I can look at the demographics there and kind of get like, okay, that that makes sense. And maybe they'll be back. Maybe they won't. But I really want to take a look at from the landscape and those cultural components of from that over three years, Mm -hmm. you know, with the pandemic and all of that stuff, Mm -hmm. what's changed and what stayed the same and how is Baltimore being presented, you know, publicly and, and broadly? Yeah. And has that conversation around the arts been included, around culture been included? And I, I don't know. I, you know, I think, well, I feel like it's, it's definitely a com- more of a conversation mm-hmm. uh, 
just depending on what, specifically what county you're in and <laughs> if uh, they're tying, if you're a nonprofit in some counties, they're tying the funding opportunities mm-hmm. to um, you actually looking with an equitable lens, mm-hmm. you know? So that means, you know, you have to look at it. You have to have a conversation about it. Now, you know, that that can go back to those checking all boxes thing mm-hmm. too. But, you know, if you're in a situation where you have to look at something, um, I feel like it's a waste of time if you're not really trying to, <laughs> number one. Yeah, yeah. So like, you know, hopefully there are will be more conversations about, you know, culture and art specifically. Yeah. Um, because I know it's been a very gatekeeper type situation for a very long time. And um, you know, a lot of them didn't look like you or I. So yeah. um I think that's changing, but but if the the systems that they have in place already are, you know, not uh, equitable, mm-hmm. and this is going to be the same same stuff with a brown face in in front of it, you know. Yeah, and you know, and, and that's where some of this thing, some of the things, and some of the decisions of who I may have on, it's like, I might rock with what you're doing, but I don't know if you're a fit for what, what I'm doing or what have you, yeah. or maybe it, it just doesn't fit. And it feels like, Oh, this is really cloudy. Or it's like, this person's doing great things, but you know what? That's, that's for you. That's for yeah. you. I, I think you got enough, you know? Yep. And, yeah. uh, we, then we get into conversations as you were, you know, talking about from a, the, the nonprofit side of things mm-hmm. and the fundraising side of things, we, we get into conversations about impact and, and things of that nature. And, those statements can be very weird at times and mm-hmm. it, it's an odd climate and there it, it's a contribution to what the culture of a place is. Yeah. Uh, so I got, I got like two more questions, two more real questions. And then we get those okay. rapid fire ones. I like to okay. throw out there. <laughs> nervous. I'm nervous. Now nah, you good. Uh, <laughs> So, so do you think, and this is a very broad question, it might be, it might be a little whack. It might be a little whack now that I think about it, but I'll ask it anyway. Um, do you think human creativity matters and what does like more macroly from your, your, view, your viewpoint, what does the art world in the, the performance art world and just, you know, kind of the, the, the realms in which you work in, what does it need more of and what does it need less of? Oh my goodness. Um, that's not, it's not a whack question. <laughs> um, I, I got into the world, the art world in general, because um, it was it was second nature for me. Um, it was something that I was always drawn to. So um, I just kept moving in that direction. I didn't have influences. I didn't have like parents like, yeah, take that art class. <laughs> it wasn't that wasn't the thing for me. It was it was my safe space. So. When you asked me that, it, it kind of felt like, does everybody need a safe space? That's that's how I received that. Mm-hmm. So absolutely, it's important to every human being to have that creative safe space, whatever that looks like for people. And it doesn't have to be like, oh, I'm going to be the next art superstar. Look out, you know, Michelle uh, uh, Basquiat. It's, it's not about that. It's just like, um, where can you go to express yourself 
in whatever way that looks like, not be judged, um, and just be able to communicate about things that you feel something about. Mm-hmm. So um, super important. I think I'm one of those people that think everybody's an artist um, because I do. It's just, you know, life situations or your encounters throughout your journey in life that kind of uh, uplift you in that direction or <laughs> make poo-poo you down <laughs> to whatever, you know, monotonous level that they're working on. So um, so I, I think everybody needs it. Everybody should have it. And I'm, my, my life's work is to make sure that I create spaces so people from every walk of life can do that. That's great. Last one. Tell me about a time or an experience where someone gave you an opportunity or a shot that was very influential in your development and and in your career. Okay. I have many of those. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, just more currently, um, the Thomas previous managing director um, bringing this conversation to me about the uh, the manage the interim managing director position at Big. I mean that that felt like a a, a shot. Um, yeah. I have I have always had um, aspirations <laughs> uh, to don't laugh at me. Okay, I wanted <laughs> I wanted to be a clown very early in my life. And that was something I remember verbalizing to my my mother. And, uh, you know, you eight years old and you tell your mother you want to be a clown. I wasn't received the best. So um, but uh, I feel like little Michelle is being uh, validated right now because I'm. I'm leading a, a school for clowns, essentially. Like, you know, this is a clown <laughs> school. So, but, you know, not thinking about how powerful or the the skills that we're, you know, passing on to so many people. But um, um, I, I think that was, that's my most current biggest uh, shot I've gotten. But just throughout my life, when I've had these these moments to go left or right, there's always been somebody to shepherd me along to that next phase. Um, every opportunity I've had has been because of a relationship or, um, or let's say my good name or anything like that. Um, people not knowing much about me, but because I'm I'm a consistent person in general. Mm-hmm. Like what you see is what you get. Um, this is who I am 24-7, kids, no kids, you know, this is what it is. Um, and being that way, um, no matter how I personally was feeling about like myself at the time, I've I've still been consistent and people see that and they they want to give you opportunities. That's so that's um, big. Yeah. No pun intended. <laughs> Well, thank you for thank you for sharing that, and I, I definitely relate. There's there is some sapotico that's going on here, so yeah, points yeah. there. So I now have my rapid fire questions for you. So I hope you're ready. <laughs> I'm ready. 
<laughs> and you know how rapid fire works. It's, it's you know whatever quickly First, comes to you. All right. So I hope you got your beeps together. I do not. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> all right. First one. First one. Um, uh, how do you know when to, from an improv perspective, how do you okay. know when to begin or end a scene? Ooh, that's a good question. I would just say there's a feeling. Um, there's <laughs> there's a gut feeling <laughs> um, that I personally respond to, and um, I will go with that. Um, okay. and, and then sometimes it's also like, how hard did the audience laugh? And then you can just wipe it right there. You, if you, <laughs> you want to end on a good note, most of the time, if you can. So if it's if it's a high moment, sometimes you just need to wipe wipe it and start over for something else. I, I agree. Yeah, yeah. Because mm-hmm. I've I've seen people. It's like, yo, you ran that into the hole a little bit. Yeah, little, yeah. We done here. We done. Exactly. <laughs> wipe your hands up and start over. <laughs> Which part? of Baltimore and it can be if physical part in terms of location or culture mm-hmm. or what have you, which mm-hmm. part of Baltimore reminds you most of the Windy City? Ooh. Hmm. 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 <laughs> oh man. Okay. So I would say, um, I mean, I, I feel like I was down. I did a lot of downtown adventure stuff when I was growing up. So those moments, stick with me a lot mm-hmm. and when I first got here I was um I stayed down the street from big actually on yeah. uh, Latrobe Street <laughs> um <laughs> so I walked a lot because I didn't have a car so I found myself walking a lot downtown um like to and from the harbor just just anywhere that was like major metropolitan big buildings that was kind of my my safe space. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I would say that, but these are very two different terrains, very different terrains. Yeah. <laughs> uh, favorite book. Oof. <laughs> I don't have a favorite book. I don't have a favorite book. Then I'll That's, pivot. I'll pivot. Okay. All right. Most, uh, what's the, the most, the book that you most recently finished? Hmm. So I, okay. Okay. I have children. (laughs) (laughs) I have children. (laughs) And we were, my daughter is in, is she's six years old. She's in kindergarten and she picked up this really big book, no pictures (laughs) and decided that she wanted to be a part of it because of the imagery on the, on the cover. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, you know, you picked it out. Let's, let's try to get into this. There's a book called Belly Up. And uh, it was a a really fun story Mm -hmm. about these people, this family that lived at this like mega zoo, super mega zoo. And um, there was this young boy that was, you know, making sure, you know, his family was a part of the, like his dad was a photographer. His mom did conservation work or habitat stuff. So he was the, the kid on site that lived at this zoo. So I thought it was just interesting. I was like, oh, I see how movies are started. Like <laughs> you read this book because I had all of these interesting visuals. So I'm going to I'm going to say belly up. <laughs> I'm not sure who the uh, writer was or anything like that, but it was a good story. That works. <laughs> uh, 
this is this is an either or one, but you can throw in another option if you like. Um, okay. Onion rings or French fries? Ooh. Um, I'm gonna throw in a cheese stick. I'm a I'm a <laughs> cheese stick gal. <laughs> Mozzarella sticks. Yeah, man. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's legit. Yeah. Lastly, this one is especially for you. Okay. Actually, you know, I'll step back for one minute. The way that you responded to the last question, my, my girlfriend would be a fan of. Uh-huh. <laughs> she's just like, look, it's, she's like, I like onion rings. I like French fries. She's like, let's blow it all up. Mozzarella yeah. sticks, 10 yeah. on 10. Yep, yep. Now, it's funny. This next question is one that she would hate. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So this relates to something you said earlier. All right. Because <laughs> you wanted to be a clown at one point. I did. I did. Um, who you rocking with? Pennywise, Ronald McDonald, Bozo, Krusty the Clown, or the Joker? Hey, this ain't even fair, man. All right, so I have... <laughs> you don't even understand. I have to talk to you further about this clown thing, but... <laughs> this clown business. <laughs> this clown thing, it's, it, it runs deep, man. Um, So I would say I bang hard with Pennywise because <laughs> just because... Um, I appreciate that duality of what people think is scary and what think people think is funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm a big horror fan too. That's another Same. conversation. Okay. All right, we talk. All right. Okay. <laughs> it's not many people I can talk on the horror tip with folks. So I appreciate you for that. <laughs> um, but also huge Simpsons fan. Huge. So shout out to my boy Krusty all day. <laughs> Um, he's the man. <laughs> All right. There you have it. Um, so I want to thank you for coming on to this podcast. Uh, thank you for asking me. I'm, it's, absolutely. it's super dope. I'm glad to be a part of. And um, with that, um, I want to invite you and encourage you to tell the fine folks where to check you out online, check out big, all of that good stuff, uh, social media, pretty much just plug away. Okay. Ooh, plugs. Um, so uh, to find out about more more about Big, you can go to bigimprov.org. Um, they've we've got classes regularly filling up. Um, I feel like everybody should take at least one or two improv classes. You'll be surprised what you learn out of them. Um, I who. I, I have a lot of stuff going on, but <laughs> um, I can plug my uh, YouTube channel, which has most of my creative work at this, this the newer creative work that I've made with um, a lot of the community members at BIG. Um, and that is uh, Tickle Me Michelle with two L's. <laughs> and um that's my youtube handle and uh, just go and check it out um like i said uh i i don't waste time uh making art for no reason everything's not super pretty but it'll give you a good chuckle there you go (laughs) so uh, I think that's that then. Um, again, I want to thank uh, Michelle Faulkner Forsen for coming on to the podcast. And yes. I'm Rob Lee saying that there is art in and around your city, especially in Station North. Um, you just got to look for it. Mm-hmm.